Hello and welcome to Earth Medicine Podcast, your daily medicine for inspired living. My name is Alexia and I am sharing stories, motivations and wisdom from Mama Earth and her change makers. I am so excited you're here with me today. Now tune in and listen. Hello friends, welcome to another episode of Earth Medicine Podcast. Today is a very exciting day because we are uh, recording the Universe Part 2 podcast with my dear sister Eva Techa who is sitting across from me today. Hi Eva. Hi. And uh, very excitingly um, we're going to be talking about a lot of juicy sweet topics like Yoni steaming cycle awareness and sacred sexuality. Uh, Eva has a background as a vaginal steam practitioner and is a peristeam hydrotherapist in training. And she's going to share what that is all about, hopefully. <laughs> and she's also a doula in training. So she has a very beautiful background. And I'm very excited to get to know her and her work a little more today. So hi, Eva. Hi. Once again, uh, hello. I'm also like super excited because we're both on day five of our cycle, yes. which makes it even more magical when women reunite and kind of share wisdom. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about the work um, that you do with female cycles mm. and cycle awareness. Yeah. So thank you for having me again. So excited, excited to be here. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's wonderful that we are both on cycle day five and it, we're probably on the same uh, vibe at the moment. Um, and I think it's really important for women to know where you are on your cycle because we have different phases in our cycle and we have different um, mood swings. So, for example, when we have... For example, when we um, are in our first phase during menstruation, so when we are in our first phase during menstruation, we tend to be more turned inwards and we tend to have like this foggy brain. We tend to be slower and in general, like not as social. We tend to like stay inside and we want to... Hmm stay in bed and, and have it uh, have a cozy day. And so are you saying this is not the ideal time to do this podcast? <laughs> we're we're <laughs> kind of getting out of this phase, so, so that's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it actually makes sense for us as women to like tend to our bodies and, and stay inside and, and do some self-care and, and like mm. deep insight and meditation during, during the menstrual phase um, because our hormones are low in general, you know? Um, and then... When the estrogen picks up, we start to go outside more. We get back our energy. It's like this inner spring. Um, we start to talk more, to interact more. We have lots of new ideas. Um, and we really want to get going. Mm -hmm. So the second phase is a great phase to, to like really get out there and um, like have all the ideas and, and share them with friends and like... Yeah, be, be out there. When do you, would you say this general blossoming of this phase starts? On what day? Is there like a certain day for most women? Is that very individual or can we estimate? Yeah, that well, time? 
Usually it's like when you stop bleeding and then sometimes you have a day or two where you're still a little bit low. Mm-hmm. For some women it starts after they stop bleeding and for some it already is during like the last days of menstruation where they can feel a surge of estrogen and they can feel okay, I'm I'm get I'm getting more out there again or more mm-hmm. motivated and I want to check in with my friends. So so it depends on the woman, but you can feel it if you are in ta- in contact with your cycle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then usually when the estrogen peaks, we have um, our ovulation, which is a phase where we are very talkative and very outgoing and, you know, flirty. And so we, we look for the men, no? Yes, we do. We do. Because <laughs> that's like, that's nature, you know, you kind of want to fertilize the egg. So, mm-hmm. so we're told by nature to go out there and to like look for the perfect mate. Um, it's also the time when the smell changes. Yes, no? the pheromones. Oh, yes, yes, mm. we smell good and we look pretty. You know, our skin is perfect. We have this glow. Um, so estrogen does all the good things for our body, or a lot of good things. Um, and it's really a time to like be also caring and like have this. Uh, mother energy like you're mm-hmm. you're starting to want to invite people and like cook for them and care for them but then on the other hand you're all the, also this like sexy mama you know <laughs> and you really like you want to be flirty and and you want to get out there um and and that is the, the the perfect you know high um on in hormones and we feel good and it's also the time you know where you you just feel pretty and you have the self-esteem and you can tackle um, any problem, basically, you know, you feel like the queen of the world, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a very beautiful phase. It's like the the inner summer, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then slowly estrogen um, decreases, and then we have the progesterone, which starts to increase, and that's the time where we already start to turn inwards a bit more. Um, and that's our like inner fall. It's a time where we become like the the witches and <laughs> and um, where we have this this phase of um, introspection, but also like looking back on on the cycle and on the month. Like, what did I learn? And what were my new ideas? Were they good? Did I did I do good in my projects? Um, and it's it's a time to like still you're still active and you're still aware and you're still very focused but it's already like turning inwards you're you're refocusing on yourself mm-hmm. so the the phases in like spring and summer we're turning outwards and we're like really socializing and then the inner fall and winter we're turning inwards and we're connecting with ourselves mm. yeah it's beautiful. And you teach women to basically be more aware of their own cycle. Yes. Which is also yes. connected to the, the moon cycle. It right? is. Because the moon has the same cycles. It is. It so is. How, how do you teach women to connect them both or to, yeah. to bring more awareness to yeah. both of them? So you could say that there are like two main cycles, the, the new moon cycle and the full moon cycle. So the new moon cycle would mean that women bleed on the new moon, which is like a lighter bleed, um, and you are welcoming the darkness. Um, 
and then you have ovulation around the full moon mm -hmm. so you're all you're all in this like shiny glowy energy during the full moon which which makes sense it's it's kind of logical um and and then there's the other uh cycle the cycle with the full moon which um they say that is a little bit less fertile and it's also um it was in in ancient times women who were um like shamans or mm -hmm. like the the healers in um in the in the society they were the ones bleeding during the full moon which is a heavier bleed and they had ovulation on the new moon mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say that there is a better or a worse cycle you know there's a lot of a lot of women come to me and they're like i want to bleed with the new moon you know but i always bleed with the full moon and i like i don't like it but it's not it's not about like what's better you know it's just a different time it's just a different quality and it's important to know how to work with it like if you bleed during the full moon you can let go of more you know you're you're like invited to really tend to yourself because everything is out in the open um but you're still invited to turn inwards um whereas when you're fertile during the full moon you know it's more like outgoing mm -hmm. um so there's no like better cycle um And then, of course, there are women, like especially in Western societies, where um, we don't bleed with the moon. You know, we don't cycle with the moon because we're just in between. Um, but I, the, I see that when women focus on their cycle, when they get to know their cycle, they usually find out that they're tending towards one or the other, mm -hmm. and that sometimes um, they just automatically synchronize with the moon. And that's, that's something that's that I beautiful. have definitely experienced uh, in my own work with the moon. As soon as I started um, noticing and working with the moon faces and even doing my meditation and my sadhana accordingly and going into different stages of you know, resting, going outward, setting up projects at certain times, um, yeah, I was bleeding also around the moon faces and for the longest mm -hmm. time around full moon and strangely like something is switching but it's never that I've been bleeding in between in the last years which has been very like uh, interesting now that you pointed that yeah. out it even brought more awareness to to me yeah. um, and what would you say are the, the benefits like majorly to bleed around or with like a full moon or new moon mm. um, com compared to bleeding in between is it just like a sinking of the both of the of the big cycle of nature with your own cycle yeah I say you're just more in tune with nature, maybe, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. or just in tune with, with your female cycle, with your femininity. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that, that women who don't bleed with the moon are probably, or less feminine or yeah, less yeah. in touch. I don't want to say that, but, um, but get to know your cycle because, and sometimes, sometimes it has to do with a lot, with the artificial lighting. Like when you are used to having a lot of blue light, especially in the evening, um, or you, have sleeping patterns where you sleep until noon and you work until late night, that also affects your, mm -hmm. your menstrual cycle. So if you want to sync your cycle with the moon and become more like get into this natural flow, then, then really try to like do, do it the same with the light, with the lighting, you know, turn down the lights in the evening and try to like get up in the morning with the sunrise and, and go to sleep pretty mm -hmm. early and so mm -hmm. on because that usually helps as well it has to do a lot with our hormones basically mm -hmm. 
So basically, it's to help you get in tune with nature, yeah. outside nature and inner nature, which is, yeah. my astrologer always says, outer nature and inner nature is to say just nature, yeah. nature as it is, because yeah. it's just a mirror. It's very beautiful work. I think more and more women are getting interested in, in this work anyway, also because yeah. it's it has an impact um, on your connection also with your sexuality and sensuality, mm. I would say. Mm. At least for me, it's really connecting to nature as a woman and how I work. And yeah. I know when to rest. I know when I feel active. I know when I feel sexual. I know when I feel yes. uh, quiet mm. and, and not mm. so outward. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Have you experienced that? I think, yes, definitely. And I think it's great. Uh, it's a great asset to know as women, like to know your body and to know when can I do what, you know. Because forcing yourself to go to a big party when you're on your on your cycle when you have your menstruation is not as great as when you're like you know okay I'm gonna throw a big party and I'll do it during my ovulation because then I I know I will socialize better you know so um, I think it's it's great for women to know their cycles so that they can actively work with it. Mm-hmm. If they it gives can. you superpowers in it, a way it does, no? because it does. you actually know yes. what you're capable of doing and you don't overdo. Yeah. Or underdo. Yeah. I, I feel like in our society, we kind of tend to just always want to do everything to the max. Yeah. And we don't allow ourselves to rest, but there should be a space to rest. Yes. And when when tuned with nature, I think maybe the quality of rest and, and the awareness of rest just increases a whole lot more. Yeah. And it's funny, we get way more efficient too. Mm, we do, anyway. yeah. And it's like, you know, ask for a raise on your ovulation. Because then you're at your best, you know? Yeah. Um, don't do that when, while you're menstruating. Don't do that. Um, and really, yeah. It's a good so, advice. Yeah. It's really it's important advice. Um, and really, as you said, rest during men- menstruation. I think in our society, we're not used to resting. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not something that is valued as much as, as performing. Um, so as women, to, to rest and to say, okay, I'm... I'm going to like take one or two days off or like work from home or just tend to myself, tend to my body. Um, I, I really want to encourage women to do that because mm-hmm. that is so, so, so important. I think we have to talk a little bit more about the word rest, actually, mm-hmm. because that's something that we need to maybe define yeah. because we're not used to yeah. um, knowing what to do with ourselves when we rest. You know, right. does that mean sleep, take off work, call in sick? Yeah. Um, I think in, in my own personal practice, I, I had to learn to not do any too physical asanas. Mm. I actually try to not do any type of, of you know, movement too much when, yes. I, when I start bleeding. Um, but I give myself a lot of, you know, self-Ayurvedic massages. I take baths. Um, I try to just sleep a lot more and I allow myself to sleep longer. And that's yeah. a funny thing because previously I remember I was like, no, you know, you need to get up, do your work, be efficient. Yeah. So is there anything else that you could recommend to do during those rest days? So what does rest mean to you? Um, Definitely, like sleeping longer, um, taking baths, keeping the body warm. Keeping Mm -hmm. the body warm is so important, Um, especially the belly. Mm -hmm. Um, That also means eating warm foods during menstruation Um, and drinking teas. Mm -hmm. You You can use a lot of like great herbs. Um, that support the, the female cycle and support menstruation. Um, 
And also, I, I find it's important not to push your mind to to keep on doing, 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 because you can mm -hmm. like be in bed or be on your couch and still have the mind go in circles, like what you have to do and what you should do and, what, and push yourself. So resting for me really also means allowing the mind to calm down, read a book, just listen to music and, and don't like plan for new projects or, or, or yeah, work or write texts or whatever. Just like let work be work for one or two days and really like allow yourself to go into holiday mode, so mm -hmm. to speak. Yeah. And, um, so period care is really important. Also, what kind of um, hygienic products to use. Mm -hmm. um, so not to like plug yourself up, let it flow if you can. Um, and that's also where I think steaming comes in perfectly because uh, I work a lot with women who have menstrual problems like cramps or missing periods or long cycles, like 35 days longer um, or yeah. short cycles, like mm -hmm. 20 days, 23 days. Um, and it all has to do with like how we treat our bodies and what we've learned, you know, how to, how to treat ourselves. Because for example, if you have women with very short cycles, um, like 23 days, 24 days, 25 days, it's usually a sign of, um, fatigue, you know, they're just fatigued They're They have so much going on. Um, and their uterus basically can't hold it together anymore. Yeah. And so they go, woof, you know, and then the blood comes. So um, what I do with women um, is that I have them steam, for example, um, with herbs that, that stop the bleeding. And then I try to prolong the cycle so that uh, I have them steam gently. I have them steam with special herbs um, a few times um, during the month, for example. So using hot water and herbs and sitting over them, that's that's basically vaginal steaming. Yeah, I was just going to ask, can you explain <laughs> us the term of yeah. vaginal steaming? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I do that and then I hope to prolong the cycle with that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, gen, gen, in general, um, vaginal steaming means taking hot water um, and then having putting herbs into it, letting them si um, simmer for a while so that the the oils basically go into or the properties of the herbs go into the the water and the steam and then you sit over it um, with your yoni um, of course it's very important that you don't burn yourself so make sure that the temperature is, is good um, and then you sit over it for for like 10 minutes or more depending on what what your issue is mm -hmm. um, and it's really a beautiful self-care ritual uh, it's a beautiful way to connect It's, it's touch, you know, um, it's warmth, it brings circulation to the organs, um, and it's just really this, this time to slow down. And I, I work with a lot of women um, who, who steam and who start steaming, um, as I said, with short cycles, or if, if the period is missing, for example, I would use other herbs, I would use cleansing herbs to like mm -hmm. clear out everything, the old residue that's, that's still, it might be in the uterus and, and to like encourage the uterus to start, um, bleeding again, because the menstruation in general is just like a, a natural menstru uh, monthly cleanse. So we already have this, this very clever system in our body that the uterus knows I have to cleanse myself every month. 
Yeah, it's really smart. Um, I think that's also a big part of the reason why women live longer than men, actually, yeah. because, right, our body just naturally dies once a month. Something in us dies and cleanses and, and kind of replenishes. Mm. Uh, so it's really intelligent. Um, do, would you recommend women to steam at any time of the cycle or is there a certain time? Can I also steam when I bleed? Yeah, very important question. So there are a few contraindications when not to steam. Um, so you should never steam while bleeding uh, because in general the, the steam is warm and warmth makes the blood run quicker. So we don't do that. We never steam while bleeding, um, not even if it's just spontaneous bleeding or, or trickle bleeding. Um, we don't steam when we're pregnant, only if it's shortly before birth. You can do that to... Uh, induce birth actually you can use steaming for that but you don't steam if you're um, earlier on in in your pregnancy um, and then of course if you have like a burning itch or of some sort uh, then also you wouldn't steam because the steam would just irritate mm -hmm. the whole the skin more um, and I would also recommend working with a practitioner who really like knows what's going on and and then can work on a plan with you And, and have you steam once a month or once a week or more often. Like, for example, with a woman who has a missing period, I would have her steam more often, like do a reset. Mm -hmm. um, with a woman who has um, uterine fatigue, so someone with very short cycles, you can't have them steam too often because the steaming would um, or might bring on uh, bleeding. So you have to be very careful. Mm -hmm. So it's important to keep a protocol of some yes. sorts and, and yes. be working with someone and not just yes. buy your bag of herbs and kind of sit on top of your favorite herbs. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. you can't do that once and to try it out and how it feels. But in general, that's also why it's important to track your cycle and know where you're mm -hmm. at because if you're working with a practitioner or if you're working with any kind of healer that works with the feminine, feminine health, um, it's important to know where you're in on your cycle. Because mm -hmm. I can't have people steam when, while they're bleeding or while they're pregnant or trying to conceive. If you're trying to conceive, um, then you also should only steam until ovulation and not after. Mm. So. And how about, like, cert can you also heal certain things like uh, fungus or, like, um, cysts or anything yeah. um, that is disturbing down there yeah. with uh, yeah. steaming? Yeah. So, I mean... Of course, it's not um, Western medicine, mm -hmm. right? Um, so things take way longer. It's, it's just herbs. It's not popping a pill and then it'll, the problem will be gone. Um, and I also would say you can support a lot of things with, um, with steaming, but it's important to say that it's not going to heal only by steaming. Um, so you can work with... If you have cysts, for example, you can um, you can do steaming. You would have to work with a practitioner there because it's a very specific topic. Um, and with infections as well, I mean, it depends. Um, for example, if you have a lot of vaginal discharge, like white, yellow, green mm -hmm. stuff coming out, um, then that is where the bacteria lives in and feeds on, basically. So um, you really want to get the discharge out and that is where you can work with steaming if you don't have like a burning itch or like mm. it's too hot for you but usually like I when I work with women I, I use disinfecting blends um, and I just try to clear out all the discharge so that the the fungus or the, the yeast infection goes away yeah wow beautiful such a 
beautiful practice actually that we don't really talk about yes. naturally, right? I mean, yeah. everything around the yoni and the hygiene for the yoni and really mm. all these important female practices. It's a very ancient practice, no? Where, it is. Like, where, where is it? Do you know where it comes from? It is. Um, so basically, you can find it all over the world, which I, yeah. I find is so logical because women's like wisdom was practiced in just many different cultures. Yeah. But you can find it in, in Haiti, in Bali, Indonesia, in, in South Korea, in parts of Africa, Ghana. Um, you can also find it, actually, there is a, a old there are old writings um, that have been found in Italy from, from midwives who mm-hmm. use it um, as well. And there is actually still midwives in, in uh, Western or European cultures who use it um, to prepare for birth. So that's the Makes only... Sense like part where we still use steaming um in our culture but in in like bali for example it's very much also used during postpartum time mm-hmm. um so uh during postpartum you have the you've had the child and then you have the lokia which is coming out mm-hmm. um and it's uh, steaming can help that the lokia clears out faster and it can help that the uterus goes back to its uh, its former size and that the organs can rearrange themselves um and there have actually studies been done already, which also show that steaming can help during postpartum time. So wow. that's that's amazing. So beautiful. And I'm glad that, that medicine is picking up on this mm-hmm. ancient practice. Um, and I also um, think it's really important to mention that um, it's not a sexist practice. Because a lot of people um, I meet, they think that um, it has to do with cleaning the uterus and that the uterus and the yoni aren't um, clean that they're dirty mm-hmm. um, and that it was a practice developed um, by or with this um, mindset that it's dirty and that it has to be cleansed. But that is not what what steaming is about. It's, oh, that's a very important point. It's, it's just yeah. like a self-care and high hygiene practice. It you is. Know? And, wow. So we're just yeah. remembering, we're remembering all these beautiful practices yeah. that we have forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. And, and working so, with the plant, you know, it's it's plant medicine. It's like, you know, you're drinking tea when you're sick as well. You know, you're yeah. working with the energy of the plant. And so that's the same with, with steaming, basically. Yeah, it's interesting. It is still a taboo uh, mm. topic to just mm. talk about the yoni mm. in society. And women are very scared to share, you know, yes. and feel disconnected and also with the touching and stuff. Um, but now that we touched the topic of also sexuality, do you think that yoni steaming or just working with your yoni and your cycle in that way relaxes you more really into your own sexuality? And, and what does it do also in, in, you know, maybe the act of having sex? Maybe that's a too direct question, but I don't think... Yeah. I think we have passed. Mm. <laughs> we passed that stage. <laughs> Let's break the taboos. Um, so I've, I've worked with women who <clears throat> came to me because of low libido. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I notice is that steaming, it, it's just this gentle touch, you know. Um, and it's, it's a touch without wanting anything. And it's, it's basically a ritual self-care that's just for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is very important for women uh, in general, exploring their sexuality, it's working with yourself or like mm, touching oh, yourself, yes. spending time with yourself um, without a goal, without having to perform, without having to look a certain way, um, 
And so that is like a first step where steaming can help, but also masturbation or any other form of like self-care, self-practice where you work with your genitals, um, looking at your yoni, drawing your yoni, talking to your yoni, whatever comes to mind. Um, so just connecting um, and and spending time. And steaming, of course, is, is a great way to start because you, you have your plan, you have to set up the herbs, you have to do it a certain amount of time. Um, and that gives you also time to think and to like meditate on what does that mean to you? What does it, what does it do to you? You know, when you feel the touch to you and your inner inner woman in a way. Yes. Too. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. feel like spending time with her. Yeah. It yeah. it makes you reflect on just what what it means to be a woman and mm -hmm. how to take care mm -hmm. of your female body and how it yeah. acts in this world and it connected to your what I call superpowers, yeah. which is the cycle and, yeah. and its connection to to nature all around us and to the earth um it's it's like all in, really inspiring i think yeah and i bet i wonder what what does your boyfriend say to all of this <laughs> <laughs> is he gonna listen well, to this podcast probably <laughs> <laughs> um he supports my work i mean for me it's work you know i, I talk about menstruation and cycle all the time so that's even at nice. home over there over yeah dinner, no? usually yeah sometimes i do <laughs> And then I'm reminded that not everyone wants to talk about that during, like, while eating. <laughs> But, yeah, no, that's it's pretty usual at home for, for us to talk yeah. about these things. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he also knows that it's important for for a woman to know her cycle. And it's it's for for partnerships in general, I think it's great if a woman knows where she's in a, in her cycle and, and she shares it with her partner mm -hmm. um, because it makes it easier for both of them, you know, mm -hmm. when, when the partner knows when to stay clear <laughs> and when to, I don't know, bring flowers or, or, or cook um, and when it's time to, to go out. Um, and, and yeah, in general, I think also like coming back to your, your first question about the libido and, and sexuality, um, when a woman knows where she is in her cycle, she can actively um, like look. It, am I am I in the mood for sex? Is this is this because of my cycle where I'm in, or is this just like does it feel spontaneous? Mm -hmm. Because you might experience that over time. You have certain like windows where you feel more in the mood, and uh, and certain times where you're not in the mood at all. And and so it's really all about getting to know yourself. And it kind of makes the relationship more exciting, no? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. your boyfriend must know about your cycle now, no? He, if yeah, you he communicate yeah. uh, that. And I think you must empower him as well to get, yeah. I mean, to know you. And he can probably reason, you know, a lot of things. And it, it makes sense um, and maybe eases the play between you two. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, really, he knows when I'm when my when I'm a few days before menstruation, he knows not to disturb me. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, um, but I think also, well, if you look at um, at contraception, if you want to get a child or you don't want to get a child, get your partner involved mm -hmm. because that's also part of the cycle, you know. Um, especially if you do like a, a fertility awareness based method, for example where you take the temperature, um, it, your partner knows where you're at. So it's not just the responsibility of the woman um, when to have sex um, and when, when it's like a dangerous time, um, but also it's, it's also the responsibility of the partner. 
and in general like if, if the guy wants to have sex and, and the, the girl is like in her pre-menstruation phase and she doesn't want to then he doesn't even have to you know push her or ask her because he already knows she won't you know I mean <laughs> of course you should communicate at all times but you know it's always good to to know where where the woman is at in the cycle so you can there there are many different ways to share with your partner um uh, really creative ideas I like a lot there are um, options of like wearing different colored um like necklaces or, or no like, you actually do that no I don't do that but like there are ideas out there I <laughs> like love those. red and blue like, and green yeah. necklaces and <laughs> yeah, exactly. black and white underwear <laughs> the color very code. targeted <laughs> getting more complicated but you could also like chart your cycle and like put it on the fridge and have like a magnet for each day and then you just like go on to the next day and the next day and your partner knows where you're at or your children know where you're at you know if you have I've, I've met a mom and she was like okay yeah, now I have a teenager she's she's having her period so we have two cycles and then the the, the guys know when to stay away because mm-hmm. the Because when the mom is in which phase and when the daughter is in which phase. I think it can be very empowering for um, a teenage girl. Mm. Also when she gets her first menstruation, kind of be initiated into tracking a period from the beginning. Mm. Something very Mm. powerful that I think a few years back even, or like, uh, yeah, we we have not been initiated by our moms. It was kind of a secret thing. So maybe is that something you also do? Or look into doing in the future, mm. also initiating. Mm. Yeah. I I actually will teach a workshop next year during the Kundalini Yoga Festival mm-hmm. um, 2020 for girls. Oh, beautiful. Um, we're going to do a red tent and talk to them about um, like what it's like to to get the period and what to mm-hmm. um, expect and also have like a little ritual for them. Um and there's also a great woman in, in Austria, Gabri, Gabi Pröll, who, who does rituals for girls. Um, and well, my, I think my opinion is that I, I want to work with all kinds of women. I want to work from, with w- women from menarche to menopause, basically. So kind of during the whole red woman phase, yeah. we call like yeah. just exploring Exactly, and also during pregnancy and, and during postpartum. And I, I just, I think being a woman is so exciting in this mm-hmm. body. Um, so I really want to support women in all her stages. Mm, so beautiful. Wow, thank you. I think we'll finish here for today. I have a feeling that universe number three and four will be coming out <laughs> at some point soon because there's lots to talk about. And I hope many men are listening as well. We love you all and hope you track our cycles in the future. (laughs) Thank you, Eva. Thank you.